Well, all right. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Should we talk about some movies? Let's do it. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, this is our first episode. I'm Jake Skubish, along with my co-host here, Sam Brodnax. Hello. And uh, we're we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, just to give a quick background on what we're doing here, we love, we love the movies, and we love watching movies, and we love talking about movies, and we love listening to people talk about movies. Oh, yeah. But a lot of what... I value about the movies is how not just that the movie itself is something that's entertaining or important, but that it relates back to the real world and it relates back to how I see the world and my everyday experiences. And I think that's something that's lacking in a lot of the conversations about movies. Um, and we kind of wanted to try to fill that in and see what we could add to that discussion. So what we're going to be doing here is taking a topic that we think is important or interesting and picking a group of movies that we think explores that topic in in an interesting way. It might not necessarily be the correct way or the way that we envision that topic existing as the truth, but we just want to see how the movies uh, reflect those different ideas in our lives and how they impact how we think about those ideas. I think that's a perfect way to put it. I think we're definitely going to be taking like an, an extra deep look into how the movie makers and actors use their form format of storytelling to not only like make an interesting story, but tackle bigger issues at large. So the first batch of movies we're going to be looking at is are, are going to focus on income inequality. Uh, I was I was looking this up because we were brainstorming some topics beforehand, um, and we settled on this one as an interesting one for us. Uh, and I found a study uh, that said between 1902 and 2015, so basically the entire history of movies. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, there have only been 299 movies, uh, American movies, that have really dealt with uh, poverty or characters that are in poverty. Whoa. Are we talking about like American poverty or just, yeah, just, just American made movies. It's just an absurdly low number Yeah. for the entire history of movies. Um, American movies tend to be aspirational. They tend to like show characters on screen that are something that we want to be, not really what we are. And so it was kind of interesting trying to find movies that we could actually put into this category. I feel like we had to kind of reach to all the movies we're going to be talking about are so different in style, yet they all comment on the same thing. So it'll be interesting, too, to be able to see, like, different genres of movies, how each genre, like, examines American poverty and, like, comments on it. Mm -hmm, definitely. Mm -hmm. So the first movie we're going to look at today uh, is Trading Places from 1983. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a Eddie Murphy comedy. Um about a semi-homeless con artist played by Murphy um, who 
mixes himself up with a wealthy investor. Aykroyd's bosses uh, have a running debate about what causes people to live in poverty, whether it's uh, nature, whether it's just a natural result of genetics or, or who those people are, or whether it is uh, nurture, whether it's the environment that they were brought up in that brings them to that place. Um, so they're having a pretty explicit conversation about uh, what puts someone at the top or at the bottom. It's a pretty explicit film about inequality, and so they decide to arrange these two people's lives to switch their positions so that uh, Murphy's uh, down-on-his-luck con artist becomes the investor, and Aykroyd loses his family and his job and everything. Dan Aykroyd. This man is physically threatening me. And Eddie Murphy. Are trading places. Find out. I'm, I'm going to get to the bottom. This is about a great, great mistake. It looks just like the dude that had me busted. It was the jokes. It was the jokes. You're a dead man, Valentine. Dan Aykroyd. Eddie Murphy. Billy Ray Valentine. Capricorn. Trading places. Coming this summer to a theater or drive-in near you. Now. Sell 200 April 142! So I guess I just want to start off with uh, just your initial thoughts on the movie, what you like about it. I thought the movie, I was honestly really surprised. Watching it, it never really occurred to me that the movie took place in 1983, which says something that's kind of sad, but also it's really impressive because they did a really good job, I think, of making a story that is, is timeless. Um, I really, really enjoyed their blunt commentary on the fact that the movie was about income inequality. As you were saying before, the two um, investors that made the bet and ended up being responsible for swapping Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd's characters throughout the whole film, they were like directly, you know, comment commenting on their like hypothesis. They viewed it as like a science experiment, which was really interesting, and you could like see how they were viewing what was occurring while us, as like the viewers, were kind of analyzing what was going on as well. So I really appreciated that. And I, th I thought the movie was just really interesting overall, too. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the funnier movies um, from Murphy out there. Murphy is yeah. really, really funny in this movie. Um, Dan Aykroyd is fantastic. Uh, I'm going to butcher this name, but Denholm Elliott, who plays Coleman, the uh, the butler for Dan Aykroyd, is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Um, so even beyond when in, what the movie has to say about income inequality, it's, uh, it's just a very funny movie. So in terms of what the movie ends up having to say about uh, inequality, what, what worked for you the most in this movie? I really enjoyed the two characters... Um... Is it Randolph and Mortimer? Randolph and Mortimer. That's the two investors who arranged the whole bet. Yes. Yeah. I, I I thought they were they set up in the beginning. Um, I think in the very beginning of the movie they were talking about a scientific study um, that was like talking about just how people learn. I think in regards to like genetics 
or being raised and that did like a perfect job setting up the rest of the film and i really enjoyed those two characters and their constant commentary i thought that did a really really good job of explicitly kind of guiding the viewer yeah i think that structure of it really makes it clear for us and kind of it's not it's not just that that lays out like what the rest of the movie is going to be but now that they've had that explicit conversation whenever you're watching dan Aykroyd or eddie murphy do something Mm -hmm. that question is in the back of your head of is is this happening because of nurture is this happening because of nature absolutely yeah and i also thought it was interesting as a way to set up the movie to have uh these two people kind of orchestrating the whole thing because in another movie a character like dan Aykroyd's would probably be the bad guy where he's like this wealthy snobby investor Mm -hmm. um pitted against like this super likable poor guy played by eddie murphy Mm -hmm. but the movie kind of takes like a broader structural look at it because it's not that Dan Aykroyd, this rich guy, is the bad guy. It's like these two guys who are even more rich than him controlling the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. I also wanted to talk a little bit just about how race plays a role in this story because I think in a lot of movies about inequality in America, that can get left out even though it's a central part of the story but i thought it was definitely something that they paid mind to here absolutely yeah i think <clears throat> they did a definitely a good job of exploring the intersectional aspect of race and economic economic inequality and while some of the jokes probably wouldn't <laughs> slide in modern movies i think they did a good they did it was successful in that aspect for sure mm-hmm. beyond just like what eddie murphy represents on screen i think there's some pretty deliberate shots of like when they're at the investment firm and they're all at that giant circle of tables and they all have these butlers that come in like bring them food and all the butlers are black and all the investors are white and they just make it very explicit who's in charge Mm -hmm. and there's the scene um towards there's a scene later in the movie where they're they're talking about valentine and what he's done for the company and then afterwards in the bet he ends up becoming successful and they are both discussing the future and what they want and they're they're talking like oh like valentine's done a very good job but you know we can't have him stand around our company you know but he's still successful so that that, like element is also there where like the two people making the bet have some prejudices but are still willing to kind of like examine they're willing to prop him up for their own bet but not like actually support him in his financial security Mm mm-hmm yeah eddie murphy's character does become successful in the end Mm -hmm. and i think the the movie pretty squarely falls on uh environment being the the factor here not genetics i think uh kind of the the racism and just the the hatred that they have toward eddie murphy's character kind of gets exposed as the experiment does play out the way that i don't i don't know which one more 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 the other one Mm -hmm. but the way they expect where Dan Aykroyd's life does go to shambles and Eddie Murphy does actually become successful when he's given the resources he needs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are scenes when one of two, uh, one of the brothers is adamantly ho- hopes that Eddie Murphy's going to fail. And there are scenes where he'll like drop his money, hoping that he'll like take it and steal it. So before we get into what 
didn't work as well for us in this movie. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I did want to call out that I thought was interesting was I talked about how we kind of have these two guys orchestrating the whole thing just above Dan Aykroyd. Um, yeah. And we also have this other character, Beeks, who ends up playing a central role for them. Mm -hmm. um, and I just thought it was interesting how the characters who are in control of the whole situation, their control of the wealth and basically everything about Aykroyd and Murphy's lives are only in that position because they have someone fixing fixing the outcome for them. Yeah, absolutely. I also think it's interesting, too, going, kind of going off of that, they're in a position where they're almost, they're like pitting, they're wealthy, Dan Aykroyd's wealthy, and Beeks is assumingly wealthy, and they're like pitting, you know, people, who, Dan, Dan Aykroyd and Beeks are at the top of the totem pole, and they're pitting people who are rich also against each other. Mm -hmm. They're kind of up there, kind of like puppet masters almost. So I think you touched on this a little bit with uh, the comments they made when Eddie Murphy overhears them in the bathroom uh, yeah. talking about the plan. But what are some of the things that don't work as well for you in this movie? Mm, I think for me, um, a little bit of the humor is a little untimely for sure. Uh, like some of those lines. There, there, there are a couple lines. Um, there also is an untimely used blackface when we both watched kind of this way just because you'd expect you wouldn't expect that to happen in, in 1980 yeah i think a lot of this movie is definitely dated yes um there's uh the, so there's the use of the n-word but that's deliberately to show that those yes. the investors are racist which fits with that scene and it, and it fits with that scene but then there's also pretty rampant use of the word faggot um mm -hmm. which is used by murphy to be funny um and it just really feels really dated it does feel really dated it's almost it's like a purely a comedic kind of relief almost like fear of an attack on his masculinity which definitely feels dated like a yeah yeah so we yeah we i mean you mentioned a little bit about how the movie has this intersectionality where mm -hmm. race does play a role but it doesn't go as far as as we might want it to today where it doesn't it doesn't have any respect for like a, a fluid masculinity or anything like that mm -hmm. um and the blackface is pretty astounding yeah i mean 1983 is very late for that um absolutely and it's just a very uncomfortable scene yeah yeah it felt like initially that scene was definitely like a comedic relief scene and then it just kind of went in a direction that i <laughs> was not expecting whatsoever it, it it was a funny scene initially, yeah. and then the second Dan Aykroyd comes out in blackface, I think we both were, like, the whole energy of the scene was just, like, drained. Yes. And we were like, oh. Oh, yeah, I think for the rest of the movie, I was just like, oh, okay, yeah. But I, I think it's it's an interesting example to point out, because ultimately, I think we both are on the same page, like, the movie's heart is in the right place. Mm-hmm. But the execution isn't always there, and it's interesting to see how movies can have the right intentions over time, but if they include things like that, then the impact can kind of be lessened. Definitely. And I think, too, um, it's interesting to have a movie that takes on such a complex issue but also tries to do so while keeping comedic elements, mm. because there's elements of, like, 
you're having a moment when the movie's really serious and you're, you're, you know, you like start thinking about how it appears in real life and then there are the comedic elements and then you're back to like laughing and so do you think that took away from it or do you think that added to it i think there were scenes when they definitely did it in the right way and it added to it but there are moments like the blackface scene when it definitely subtracted and kind of distracted from the message of the film so i think this would be a movie that i've been thinking about for a while before we even rewatched it i thought this would be a great candidate for a remake just because Inequality is still such a an issue in America, and it's only gotten more relevant since this movie came out in 1983. But then this movie does have those dated moments where maybe you don't want to rewatch it because it does have pretty explicit uh, blackface and uh, homophobic slurs. And I think it's a story that could be told and could be told well, but with a more updated vision what do you think if it were told now what do you think it would look like i mean if if i were telling the story now i think the the main difference that i would like to see is just something that's more structural because in the end this movie is still kind of about these cartoonish villains just these two guys Mm -hmm. who manipulate their lives and it doesn't really have an eye toward any larger structural issues that actually put Eddie Murphy where he is in the first place. I really agree with that, yeah. It's guided, and it does feel like, I think that helps with the comedic element to have like to have it more feel like a, a common story, and to have those like villain characters and then characters you can root for and really get in touch with. So who do you think you would cast in a remake? Oh, Hmm. I think if we were to, if there was a remake, the one character I would keep Eddie Murphy as Eddie Murphy. His oh wow! I think so because he hasn't been bring in a back movie. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, he hasn't been in a movie in a while. I think Daddy Daycare was the last movie, <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like he would be really good in this film. I feel like he would still, especially if they want like it was made to be kept as a comedy. I think he was a really good cast for that role. Yeah, that would be interesting. It's the same character. And we could see that shift from initially he thought it was these these cartoonish bad guys, but then we can take a broader look at it. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess the last thing I want to touch on is the ending, because I think that's another thing that I would change about a potential remake. Mm-hmm. In the end of the movie, Aykroyd and Murphy team up. They find out about the plan, and they get their revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the movie doesn't stop there. They don't just ruin the two investors Mm -hmm. they also make a fortune for themselves on the stock market yeah and they and uh jamie lee curtis's character and coleman they all at the end we just see them all living on an island together yeah and i i thought it was interesting that it's like an explicit movie about income inequality and like people who are down and people who have more absolutely but then the end goal is still just to be wealthy yeah do do you feel like it was kind of inconsistent with the message of the film i don't know if it was inconsistent because i i think they might be different questions like what causes poverty versus what the goal is but it's definitely still a very capitalist minded movie absolutely that was something i was definitely going to comment on i think the whole movie was really focused on 
the like attribution to like earning of wealth and the ending was a, a really good example of that yeah it just ended with them with everything being perfect and happy because they have you know like millions of dollars and are able just to relax yeah so i think it, it's it would be an interesting departure if we could have like the same movie and then at the end just just some other goal other than than accumulating that wealth mm-hmm. yeah and i think in a lot of ways it's kind of like this is this is kind of because there are so few movies about this topic this is kind of like the quintessential american movie about income inequality yeah because we do have this debate about nature and nurture still going on kind of mm-hmm. um but no matter where we stand on that debate we're all just interested in making money and it's, it's something that's definitely still talked about especially when it comes to like policy and and you watch the news and people are ranting about uh, government aid or food stamps and you have people on one side saying like there are people just born in this situation and you need something to like help you rise to the top and you have other people saying like oh people are leeching off the government you know and it's pulling taxpayer dollars for people who are working really hard and so this would be very timely now because that's been an issue since like since like the 20s or longer i agree though it would be interesting to have a film that took more of a structural look yeah i think that's where the conversation has shifted now to something that's that's kind of the mainstream conversation we have we're having now where it's not the enemy is is wall street or like this particular firm but it's it's something bigger than that um so i think the movie is kind of dated in that regard Mm -hmm. but it's definitely ahead of its time except for the blackface scene in terms of considering race as a part of that inequality Mm -hmm. definitely and not just pitting the poor against the rich and having like a dan Aykroyd as an evil character and eddie murphy as a a good character and i could just watch eddie murphy scream about (laughs) how he found his legs but all movie like that i could just watch that over and over arguably best scene of the movie and it happens in the first like 20 minutes <laughs> all right well that's all i have do you have any other last thoughts um i think one other thing kind of i think it would be interesting to have a movie that touched on because this does a really good job of looking at urban poverty i think it would be cool to have a movie that looks at rural poverty i think it would be looking at the same structure but i think it could be another interesting commentary yeah way. definitely that's yeah, that's definitely something very specific about this movie, that it is only in that limited urban space. And I think uh, we're going to see in the series of movies that we are talking about that we will look at something in a more rural space and kind of see how that is portrayed differently on the screen. Mm-hmm.